The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space, located at 3636A. North Mississippi Ave. We're open most days, 9 to 1. And be sure to check out our website for upcoming movie screenings and dinners with local media makers. I'm Rachel Miller Howard. On today's show, we have a rebroadcast of a conversation with Latino Network's Development and Communications Director, Lizzie Martinez. The episode aired back when we were called the Nonprofit Hour. Here's Lizzie with our host, Phil Bussey. I am joined in the studio by Liz, Lizzie Martinez, who is the Development and Communication Director for the Latino Network. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for inviting me here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to start. I mean, Latino Network, you guys have a very broad mission. You were founded in 1996. You're 20-plus years old now. Um, what has changed in the mission or in the... Uh, people who are you you are working with? Sure. Well, I think since the 1990s when we were founded, um, we've really seen a population boom of the Latino population here in Multnomah County. Um, in the early 1990s, we really started to see people immigrating to Oregon. Um, and as that population grew, we started to see a need for more services. So our mission has not changed. We have always existed to be here as advocates for our community, um, but we have continued to add direct services as well to that mission to work on education and leadership and family stability skills as well. That's a lot to pick apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's, let's go through some of it. So, I mean, some of the problems you're trying to solve, and it's not all problems you're trying to solve. There's uh, uh, um, positive issues as well, but we'll start with some of the problems. Low achievement scores. Um, youth violence, uh, high dropout rates. Is that sort of the, the, the big three? Sure. I think at Latino Network, we're always working to figure out how to reframe those problems. So I think we often hear about the problems of the Latino community and um, we're working hard to point out that, in fact, it's often the systems that are failing our youth and our families. So to take one of those, I think the achievement gap is pretty widely recognized for leaving black and brown students behind. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's not the youth who are failing, but it's the school districts themselves or the schools who are just not able to, to quite be able to meet their needs. So we work closely with school districts and with schools to be able to try to change those systems. Yeah. And can you can you paint me a picture of, of how that works? Um, you guys are a nonprofit, and, but you have... Uh, a, a, a hotline to the Portland Public Schools <laughs> that you can pick up and say, we need more of this? Or how, how does that actually work? Sure. So I think it works in two ways. I think the first way is direct services. So we do provide after-school enrichment courses, both for early childhood and K-12, with a special focus on college prep. So making sure our students are, are ready to graduate high school and prepared to go on to career um, and the second way is really through advocacy. So we work closely. PPS is absolutely a partner of ours, as well as other school districts in Multnomah County. And we work closely with them to figure out ways 
um, in which maybe Latino students are getting left behind and ways in which we can change that. Um, often that involves bringing out parents and bringing out community members to school board meetings to be able to give testimony um, or to be able to have meetings with principals um, to work on the problem, this, solving these problems collaboratively. Now, is your job getting easier? And and, and let me let me try to explain that a little bit. So there there has been a population boom um, from immigrants and Latino uh, uh, population. And I would think that as you move into second and third generation, like yourself, Mm -hmm. that there are uh, more economically established families, communities, leaders, and that would seem to make your job easier. Yes and no. So certainly I think uh, Latinos have a long history in Oregon. They didn't just start coming in the 1900s. You know, Latinos have been here since the 1500s um, or a little bit before. So we certainly have families who are very well established. Um, I think our my uh, executive director, Carmen Rubio, is a great example of that. The Rubio family is uh, very well recognized in Hillsborough um, and Washington County area for their leadership and for how long that they have been there. Um, so we do have a really thriving professional Latino middle class. And thanks for bringing that up, because I think that's often not recognized by generally by the media or by people um, that we have plenty of Latino lawyers and Latino doctors. And, you know, we do have Latino legislators. It's been wonderful to see them get elected this year. Um, but we still definitely do have problems and we still face a lot of disparities. And and how how do you... Do you find that that uh, that middle class, that professional class, do you are you able to tap into that in terms of mentors, in terms of part of your job funding? Absolutely. I think the Latino mentality, there's a huge part of that community that's about giving back and it's really sort of baked into our culture. And so we often hear from people that they want to know how to give back if they're no longer in need of some of our more direct services. Um, being able to give back, yes, in funding, but also in in many other ways. We've seen a huge turnout for volunteers who want to be able to come give back and talk to high school students. Um, I think our board of directors is a great example. It's a majority Latino board, and there's some incredible stories of people who are professional professional class and who are donating their time back to help our organization. Lizzie Martinez is the Development and Communication Director for Latino Network. How about a song selection to get us going? Uh, so uh, we picked the song uh, song by a local Portland artist, Edna Vasquez. She actually worked for us a couple years ago, and she is a renowned mariachi singer and actually uh, worked with us this summer on the Rose Parade when we had a float for Latino Network. So Fantastic.
Uh, this is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking to Lizzie Martinez, the Development and Communication Director for Latino Network. A lot of, or a lot of what you do philosophically is to develop leadership. And is there a working definition that the Latino Network has for leadership? Certainly in the news lately, and with the switch over at the uh, at the White House, there's been a, a certain amount of focus on types of leadership. Is is there a working definition that Latino Network has that that you try to apply? It's a broad question. I think for us, leadership really goes back to the community, and so that idea of community leadership is one that is resonant with both our culture and our history and our current modern day reality. And that's a leadership that listens to the community, that doesn't come in and demand or or uh, mandate what needs to be done, but says, what do you need and how can we accomplish that together? So a really collaborative leadership to be able to solve problems together. And I would assume that that, that plays into then the leadership style and the work environment at Latino Network. Absolutely. I think um, Latino Network is really a wonderful place to work. And I'm sure everyone says that about their workplace. Um, but it's uh, really not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly open and welcoming. Um, the majority of our staff do identify as Latino or Latina, about 80 percent. But within that, I think we're a great example of the diversity. You know, the word Latino often gets thrown around as if we were this monolithic bunch. But there is a huge amount of diversity on our staff. We have People from Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Cuba, Puerto Rico. Um, we have people who are first-generation immigrants who came over themselves as children or adults. And we have people that have been here for generations. So it's an incredible place to work, uh, just diversity of wisdom and opinion and experience. I want to focus on one of your – you guys have a super, real superstar staff. But let's focus <laughs> on your executive director, Carmen, Carmen Rubio. Now, she has obviously uh, worked in the county and in City Hall. Um, what, can you talk to about her leadership style and, and how she has gone from governmental entity to, to running a nonprofit and, and some of the virtues that you see? I think when Carmen Rubio came into the organization in 2009, um, she was really given a big task. And I think her experience from the county allowed her to see things in a different way, um, coming to a nonprofit where she had seen the other side of the county and the city and how they do business. And for us, that's been a real benefit to be able to increase our our partnerships with the city of Portland, with Multnomah County and with, uh, with the school district. Um, she has just done an incredible job of building and maintaining those relationships and really creating a collaborative partnership. I think it's interesting, though, to go from uh, a, a municipal uh, work environment and into a nonprofit that you're she's at the helm of, and that's certainly have you seen her grow into a, a, a some more autonomy uh, and freedom in terms of decision making? <laughs> well, I haven't been there since she started, so I started in Latino Network about 2014. Um, so I can't comment on before that, but I certainly have seen her build an organization that is thriving um, and her leadership and her vision have really been able to take us from a staff when she came on of about five people to about 105 people. So that's definitely real leadership to be able to shepherd an organization that way. Yeah, that's that's huge growth. <laughs> and there, there, there are dot coms that would uh, that would that would envy that kind of growth. <laughs> 
I want to talk a little bit also about, about your background and then how that fits into your job at the Latino Network. Your grandfather immigrated from Mexico. Yes, he did. So on my mom's side, uh, my grandparents came over with the Bracero program, which was a program that gave Mexicans and people from other countries a chance to come and work here legally, which was a, a real incredible opportunity for my family. My mom emigrated here when she was about three years old. Um, and they settled in Salt Lake City, Utah. On my dad's side, um, we've actually been in America since the 1600s. Um, so we are one of those families where they said we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. So they emigrated from Spain in the 1600s and were primarily sheep herders in the New, New Mexico area for hundreds of hundreds of years and woke up one day to find that they were no longer Mexican, but American. <laughs> and and there's interesting when when someone's personal life becomes uh, affected by the global politics, Absolutely. which is which is certainly on people's minds right now. Um, how much does that does your family history uh, then play into how you relate to first generation immigrants? I think there are certainly differences between the generations, but I think what we have in common is much greater in that. That connection to roots and our culture and our heritage, I think, um, particularly on my mom's side, we always we ate Mexican food and and we listened to Mexican music and we really had that connection to our heritage. And it's the same things I see in our first generation families of how do we hold on to that um, when we're besieged by American culture and and finding that balance in being a bicultural person is the same things that our immigrant families are struggling with today. Yeah, and, and is that something that Latino Network works with when you're working with, with teens who are probably at that most vulnerable age <laughs> of wanting to assimilate, but also uh, wondering how much of their parents' and grandparents' customs to accept and reject? Is that something that you coach the teens through? Absolutely. I think one of the strengths of Latino Network is that, as I mentioned, most of our staff are Latino, and so they've been there, and they've been through those challenges themselves. So they're able to really counsel our youth in our program and be a role model for how you can do it successfully and and really let them know that you don't have to choose. You don't have to pick whether you're American or Mexican-American or Cuban, that that you can be both of those things and, and be able to show them that way forward. And and, and you have, uh, you've, you've gone out into the world, as it were, and you did, you went to D.C. and did your graduate work there, correct? Yes, correct. I got a master's at American University. That's a wonderful school. It is. I really enjoyed going there. And and then returned here to Portland to work. What did you, how can you compare those cities? Or when you came back to Portland, what did you feel like you were bringing back? Or what, what fresh eyes were you looking at Portland and in particular uh, Latino opportunities here? I think it was a wonderful opportunity to be able to live in Washington, D.C. It, it's such a vibrant city, and especially as a young professional, it was just incredible opportunities to meet uh, people. You know, I always say every every big author comes through, every big celebrity, every big music star. So while I was there, I had a chance to hear uh, Sonia Sotomayor, one of the Supreme Court justices, speak, which was just an incredible experience for me. Um, so when I thought about coming back to Portland, I really thought about how do I take this experience that I've had in Washington, D.C. and come back to a place that has its own rich history and culture and be able to apply those lessons I've learned in nonprofits here locally to do fundraising. And, and I mean, is there the sense of going to the big city and coming back to a medium <laughs> city? Uh, is DC, did you feel like D.C. has some more sophistication in some of the these relationships? Or did you come back and say, oh, yeah, no, Portland's, Portland is cutting edge? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's hard to compare Portland and DC. I think they're such different, such different cities. Um, DC is such an East Coast city, right? It's very much the stereotype of people walking fast and people looking out for themselves. Um, and Portland is a lot more laid back. Um, I often joke that when I worked in Washington, DC, I worked as part of a coalition and uh, we were all a mile from each other in our offices, and yet we had weekly phone calls every week. We never went and visited each other. And I came out to Portland, and everybody wanted to meet me in person. My first my first six months, oh, let's go to coffee. And so I think that relationship um, is just so much more important here in Portland, that face-to-face time. And I would imagine that plays out, obviously. I mean, Latino network, underscore the word there, network, uh, that that certainly plays out in the function of your organization. Absolutely. I think we're really focused on getting out into the community and not sitting behind our desks on any given day. I think when you come in, come into the office, you'll often see more empty desks. And that's because our staff are out there at the schools and in people's homes and at community centers um, and really doing the work out there because we can't we can't do our best work in front of a computer. One more question about you and then we can switch back to the, the organization. <laughs> You were a member of the inaugural class, the Rising Leaders, uh, through Social Venture Partners in Portland. What 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 is that? Yeah, that was a really great expen- experience. Social Venture Partners Portland is part of a global organization that uh, works to cultivate philanthropists around a cause. And here in Portland, we have a pretty incredible organization led by uh, Mark Holloway. And they have focused on the uh, Ready for Kindergarten initiative and really focused on how do we get our kids ready for kindergarten and acknowledging that... All too often, Latino students start out and African-American students start out behind already in kindergarten. And we know that our, their parents value education. So how do we how do we solve that? And we have an early childhood education program. And so we connected with SVP about five years ago um, and been an investee. As part of that, I got a chance to participate in their Rising Leaders program, which is just in a really incredible group of people that got together a cross-section from government, nonprofit, and business to talk about what does philanthropy mean? What does it mean to be a leader here in Portland? And how do we put all of our values to good work and into action? Do you have a, a, a catchphrase or a, a pithy <laughs> takeaway that you, that, that, from that if, if you had to put it on a bumper sticker? Hmm. I think the biggest thing I took away was that you have to take action. Right. It's great to sit and think and talk about these problems. And we certainly did that. But they really encouraged us to think about put your money where your mouth is. Um, And I came out of that and really thought about I don't have a ton of money myself, but how am I donating to nonprofits that invest in issues that I care about and thinking about philanthropy from that perspective? This is the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. We are talking to Lizzie Martinez, the Development and Communications Director for Latino Network. Uh, you were talking a little bit about the uh, Ready for Kindergarten program. I'm slur- sorry if I didn't get the exact language on that. Why are why are you pr- finding a problem there? Why why is there a cultural difference or opportunity in terms of preparing uh, four and five year olds for kindergarten? I think for some of it, especially for first generation immigrants, it's just a matter of a different system. Uh, for a lot of our families who are from primarily from Mexico. The education system in Mexico is uh, very school-centric. You send your kids to school, and the teachers do everything. You are not supposed to intervene. You're not supposed to, you know, if you, there's often stories we hear from people who grew up in Mexico that say if they got in trouble at school and they came home, their parents said, well, you did something wrong, right? The teacher is always right. And so these families come to America, and our system is very different from that. Our system asks parents to be involved. It asks them Um, to go in and meet with the principal, to go meet with the teacher, and to do a lot of work at home as well. 
And, you know, it's not a commentary on which system is better. It's just a matter of they're very different. So we work with families to help them understand the system and to help them, especially if they perhaps didn't don't speak English very well, to have the confidence to be able to go in and say, even though I am not a fluent English speaker, I still can ask the principal for a meeting about my child's progress or I can go in and volunteer even if I'm not a fluent English speaker and I have a place in this school and it's really about helping them find that space and that place in their schools. Yeah, and, and, and certainly how a student starts uh, the, the primary school is indicative often of the success throughout. Absolutely. Has the program been in place long enough to have any uh, empirical or any even uh Uh, qualitative um, information about its successes. Absolutely. So the program's name is Juntos Aprendemos, which means Together We Learn. And it was founded in 2000, um, 2000, I believe, was the first year. So it's been around about 17 years. So it's our longest standing program. So really the first high school graduates would be Yeah, and we actually have a couple kids who are in our college prep program now who did Juntos in the first few years, which is incredible experience. And we are working on a project right now with the school districts to see how those kids are doing, which is really exciting. Um, But I think we see incredible gains every year. About 90% of our kids come through at the end of that program and are ready for kindergarten. So they know their numbers. They know how to hold a book. They know their letters. Um, And even more incredible, I think one of the things that surprised us was how much their parents have learned and grow and how that takes on a a new life for them in the sense that they are able to transfer those skills to other kids they have who are older and to other parts of their life. So that's been really incredible to see. Absolutely. And, and, and can you, can you give me maybe one specific success story? I'd love to hear one. Sure. Um, I think a great example is I just heard this story the other day during a, during a meeting of a family who had a child who was in uh, four years old and was in our Juntos Aprendemos program and was doing well. And, Um, the mother had heard about it through another friend, which is the word of mouth is our number one recruiting method from people saying this is a great program. Um, She took her child to kindergarten and the teacher uh, learned that they were a Spanish-speaking family and met with them and said, well, I can already tell your child's going to need um, to be held back a year. You know, he's a, he just turned five, so he's really right on the cusp there. Um, the mother said, well, he was in this program, Juntos Aprendemos, and the teacher said, I've never heard of that, and I can tell your child's going to need to be held back. And so the teacher, the mom was sort of a little bit intimidated, and about three months later, she went in for a parent-teacher conference, and the teacher said, I was totally wrong. Your child is 100% ready for kindergarten. I've been so impressed at how he knows how to read. He's one of the best students in the class. Um, Tell me more about this program that your child was in. And I think those are the kinds of successes we see when teachers get to know our program. Um, They're some of our biggest proponents. They love when they get kids in the class who have been through the program because they know they know how to um, know how to thrive in that setting. And and how, how that's how maybe some of the teachers are finding out about you. How are families finding out about you how do you get the word out there or how is this through word of mouth is this through marketing schemes <laughs> um, we have an incredibly dedicated and amazing team um, we use the uh, popular education model which if you're not familiar with that is all about uh, empowering people who do the work at the grassroots level to be the teachers so all of the teachers in our program actually are parents themselves who have been through the program and graduated. And they come back as volunteers 
and then teachers in training, and then they get hired on as teachers. So it's an incredible model. And they go out every year and just do grassroots outreach. They We go to community fairs. We go to festivals. They go to apartment buildings where there's large populations of Latinos, and they knock on doors and leave flyers, and they follow up. So it's just an incredible amount of, of getting the word out face-to-face, as we talked about. Those relationships are uh, really important here in Portland and in the Latino community as well. You guys are incredibly active. Um, thank you for all the work that you do. Lizzie Martinez is the Development and Communication Director for Latino Network. One more song to take us out. Uh, so this comes from Esperanza Spalding, who um, was recommended to me by uh, some of the staff at Latino Network as a Portland-based cellist um, who has some amazing songs. And I believe she played at one of the Obama inaugurations. Oh, see? You're teaching me something I don't know. <laughs> Let's take a listen. <laughs> This show is made possible with generous support from Chinookbook, whose mobile app rewards your sustainable lifestyle choices with sweet savings at hundreds of neighborhood businesses near you. Use it for tonight's dinner or your next adventure. Download the app free at chinookbook.com. planet for supplying food for our last dinner with a local filmmaker, and to Winderly a Vineyard and Winery and Stormbreaker Brewing for the delicious libations. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.